Hey everyone, welcome to the 13th episode of the Edgy Podcast. Today we have a very special guest with us. His name is Colonel Inderjeet Singh Barara. He's a military veteran who served in the Indian Defence Forces, currently working as the Chief Cyber Security Officer at Wara Technology. He's also the Director General at Cyber Security Association of India. Not only this, he's also one of India's top 30 blockchain influencers. Fortunately, I met him at a recent alumni meet in Delhi. Well, honestly, I was a little nervous to invite him to my podcast initially, but then my friend told me that why why not you just go and ask him for it? Um, and he was he very politely agreed to it, and I was like, okay, ecstatic about that. So, with over twenty nine years of experience across various domains such as cyber security, cyber terrorism, risk management, metaverse, to name a few, he is here with us today to explain where India stands in terms of its cyber security efforts. Welcome to the podcast, Colonel. It's a pleasure to have you here. Uh, thank you, Manchi, and it's a real pleasure to be on your podcast. And uh, uh, couldn't have been better uh, to discuss on the cyber security, which is a, a very hot and burning topic. And whether it's a child or it's a you know uh, elders, everybody is touched about it uh, by some kind of cyber security, some cyber attack, some cyber fraud. Uh, so it's really interesting to share the thoughts on the cyber security aspect. Uh, with your people and uh, share the information and the knowledge what I've ga- gained over a period of time. Awesome. So I heard um, a couple of your TEDx talks uh, where you talked about cyberbullying and cyber citizenship. But before we move on to that, let's begin by understanding that how did you transition from army to cyber security? Then how did you grow that uh, interest? I'm I'm very curious to know that. Uh, so it's it's a very interesting journey, and uh, you know, uh, always I wanted to be the cyberpreneur. Uh, and uh, during my college days, and uh, I would like to share one of the experiences. One of the professors always told me that uh, be a, be a, a bread provider uh, than a breadwinner, and that was one line which was embedded throughout my life. And uh, uh, I wanted to be a bread provider, and uh, the moment I got an opportunity, uh, I. Uh, shifted to the corporate world and uh, into the cyber security because that's the area which is very close to me blockchain has been very close to me so these are the footages which i am been working on for number of years while i was in army and uh, now thereafter so i have practically seen the complete journey of when the internet came in and thereafter we came into the network security uh, now we are talking of the human security and the privacy laws which are coming up so is a complete you know uh, journey which i have been through and very interesting uh, phase of life i have seen wow that i'm sure that's been quite a journey and we're fortunate enough to take some cues from there okay so so i was listening to one of your tech talks where you were talking about cyber citizenship and how people who are born after 1990 are practically cyber citizens living in a very different world living in a virtual world wherein you talked about how they are they were not we were not basic millennials and gen zs we were not taught how to behave in the cyber environment how to take care of certain things how to uh, just have the know how of this virtual world so my question is that um, in today's world people who are not going to school and colleges especially how can we make them more cyber literate uh, because people have just moved on with their lives using technology every day without realizing the possible threats it's causing so how do we uh, bring that change so uh, primarily you know the cyber citizenship is a very interesting topic and you touched upon this particular topic very nice and uh, uh, everybody when when we actually migrated and especially the millennials who are there 
they're the actual cyber citizens. We are the the ones who are come and learn the journey of cyber, and uh, we are there. So uh, when I say so, uh, you you see a, a you know a child getting exposed to screens. Their mother you know practically gives them a mobile phones, tell them to what to do. Uh, what uh, practically they don't tell them what to do. Uh, they are being just told, okay, you know, it's a screen time. It's you're quiet. And thereafter, when the children grow up, they are not aware of how to behave in the cyber world, right? Uh, like you have fundamental rights in the country, where like you have uh, the police guarding all the uh, all the roads, the traffic, your you know the policing of your life, uh, the judges, the courts, the uh, the human rights which are there, your personal uh, rights which are there. So all those things which come up are non-existent when it comes to the cyber world and nobody teaches us and whereas the cyber bullying while you have the bullying which is in a normal school also you have it uh, it's there and, and a very alarming figure is almost 50 to 60 percent of children are going through the phase of cyber bullying today though they're not aware of it but while they're on the platform like even if the facebook says you know you have to not be there below a certain age they change the age and they're there but then they are subject to all this kind of bullying. They're all subject to you know, stalking. They uh, land up into uh, committing suicides, right? So those are the kind of challenges which are there when it comes to the cyber citizenship. So you have your digital rights, you have your digital protections, you have, uh, you know, you, you need to look into how you need to behave on the, in the complete cyber uh, space. So that is the most important part of it. As you rightly said that, you know, uh, because people are not aware about the rights that they have, uh, about the actions that they can possibly take to protect themselves from these uh, cyber attacks and uh, uh, what to actually do, do about it. I think that is the reason people fall for it and more so kids fall for it because they are more vulnerable to it. Now, um, yeah. while we talk about the situation here, I think the situation these days has become more grave and it's not limited to just kids. I mean, things are hap happening on the national level, security level, organizational level. So what do you think? What is the gravity of these cyber attacks that are happening in India in 2022? So, you know, uh, while there's so much of technology which has come up, uh, we've been talking of AI, we are talking of connected cars, uh, we are talking of sensors. There are almost six to seven sensors or eight sensors on each person. Uh, there are internet of things which is there. Uh, there are cloud and virtualization. There are you know a whole lot of technology, AR, VR, meta, uh, metaverse, whole lot of technologies which have come in. And it's a real, very interesting phase when we are seeing the technologies moving in in our times, right? Uh, but at the same time, it's bringing in so much of challenges. And what are the kind of challenges? We are seeing mobile threats. Uh, everybody's got a mobile, so uh, they have the mobile threats, uh, theft, uh, thefts which are happening. There are banking thefts which are there, and we are seeing Jamtara cases so prominent in India. Uh, we are seeing financial phishing attacks which are happening. Uh, there is a ransomware attack happening. And off late, you know, there was one attack on one of the, the oil uh, uh, you know, company where they were asking for almost 57 crores as ransomware. We are seeing so much of data leaks which happened. And last year, uh, we saw a company like Mobiquick, Domino's, most of them losing their data, right? And, it, and it's, it's just only increasing. And if I have to put it in figure, uh, you know, every 11 seconds, there is one cyber attack which is happening. That's the magnitude of the cyber attack. So they are becoming more focused. 
right? And the attacks are quite advanced. So your normal antivirus, your IPS, IDS uh, are not the best solutions which are there. Now with the AI coming in, you know, uh, instead of the signature-based technologies which were uh, being used earlier, they're not sufficient now. We have to go in for a machine learning based technology to safeguard ourselves. And uh, the insider attacks are pretty growing, right? So that's another area which is a point of concern. Any organization has got, so that's the kind of threats which we have. There are too many point solutions uh, in any organization, right? And that again becomes a big problem. And there is a constant emerging uh, technologies which are coming up. And practically, it's increasing the complete, complete threat landscape, the threat vectors which are there, it's huge, right? And there is somewhere down the chain, you know, there's a lack of situational awareness, and there's always a false sense of security. You know, everyone, if you ask, are you secure? He says, yes, I'm 100% secure. And believe you me, the situation is such that either you're hacked or you're going to be hacked, right? So that is the kind of uh, you know, situation which is very precarious, but we are already there in it. Right, that this might sound very dangerous to some people, very risky to some people, but it is the unfortunate reality we are living in. And I have always believed that, I've always even said it to my friends that first of all, I don't think that there is any privacy uh, on social media and I've never or online for um, like, um, and I've also believed that while I'm here, out here, whenever I'm using web, I don't, I never have that sense that, okay, whatever I'm doing is enough to secure my information or my details. I always know that, okay, I, so much of data about me is already out there that could be used in various forms um, and often unpleasant forms, but there is very less that we consciously do to take care of that. Um, and now, while you mentioned about the oil attack, yes, I did read about it. It was, I think about Oil India Limited. That happened, I think, recently in April 2022, yeah. and that is basically when I got to know about these ransomware attacks. I, I was, I was kind of shocked when I heard about it and the gravity, the scale at which these attacks were happening. Because I had never heard of things like this before, and these things are happening at such scale that I don't know where we, the normal public, stand. Honestly, now while talking about stats, I read a report where uh, they mentioned some stats about Maharashtra between cyber attacks in Maharashtra between 2015 to 2020. Um, and it stated that about 21,000 cases of cyber attacks were reported, but only 5,000 of those cases were detected. And only 99 trials resulted in conviction. I just don't know what to say on this. I want to know that what is the reason for this? As you mentioned, maybe people don't care, people don't know, but with the companies, the level on which it is happening, how can we how can we stop these things or take care of these things on such big levels? Do we have any laws to take care of these things? What are the options that we have today? Yeah, so you know uh, this is very uh, you know, alarming state of affairs where you know the, there's a large number of cyber attacks practically happening in India, uh, but the number of cases which are being reported are only minuscule. So most of the cases do get um, you know unreported. And it's primarily both because the cyber criminals or the fraudsters are taking advantage of both the human error and the technical flaws, right? So it's, it's a combined and a, it's a hybrid uh, kind of complex situation what we are seeing. And uh, all the, the cyber attackers exploit the weaknesses 
uh, that the organization struggle to correct due to ever increasing complexity, right? And make them to their own uh, interest. And now I'll just tell you how they really, you know, give a shape to any cyber attack. So just for example, uh, anytime when you go onto a e-commerce site or a bank for that matter, and you got a complaint to that uh, about the bank, you know, you want to complain about the bank that your, your account is not working or you, you got to, you know, something which happened and you would really want to complain about that. So you go to the internet site and the moment you click on that site and say, for example, uh, XYZ uh, bank complaint numbers, you'll be surprised the first time you uh, put that search you will be you know offered a link which is a ad which we don't see it and it gives you some complaint numbers the original bank website is practically figuring out below that remember that and any human being or any you know sane person will click on the first link which comes and this is the link which has been hosted by the fraudster of the cyber criminals namely the jamtara in case of india and uh, uh, that's where you click and this is a phishing site and you end up losing your credentials. And that is how you, you get a call back and uh, you are encountered with uh, your own details. You are made to believe every bit of information what is talking is concerning you and you end up losing all your money. And these are the kind of cases, uh, you know, it becomes very difficult for the law enforcement and the banks because it's you who have punched in the user ID password. It is you, you have transferred it. So practically it becomes a major challenge to investigate these kind of cases. And this is growing because that's where uh, all the hackers are kind of exploiting the weakness of the system. So then these are very targeted and you know they call for your name, they tell you a number, they tell your account numbers, different details, very much in life. Having said so, you know, uh, 2022, uh, well, uh, we are being still hit by the, the pandemic related phishing attacks, which were there and that was how 2021 was. And uh, still it's carrying on. Uh, we saw, uh, we've been seeing ransomware attack and it's, it's really great. So India is uh, on the top. We are almost number three on the, when it comes to the cyber attacks are concerned and uh, their mobile malwares because there are so many number of mobiles which are coming up, right? Uh, we had data breaches and there was large number of data breaches last year we saw them and this year also we are seeing so many data breaches happening right then uh, the other other interesting area is uh, we are seeing uh, the bitcoin catching up popularity and there are lots of ponzi schemes which came up right and uh, these ponzi schemes were primarily the frauds which uh, people were uh, subject to and they lost money lots of them and we we've been seeing uh, these kind of cases happening every day. Right. So I think by far it is pretty clear how bad the situation is in India. But now my question here is that while India has the largest number of IT professionals in the world, India is known for, um, uh, you know, it's, it's IT professionals working in Germany, in the US, uh, everywhere in the West. And there has always, uh, there's also been so much of talk around uh, digital India initiative and everything that the government is trying to bring forth. But then why is India lacking so much in terms of its cybersecurity efforts? What is happening behind so, the screens that we don't know about? Uh, so it's like this, that uh, we do have uh, the policies and regulations in place. 
uh, as uh, regard the India is concerned. Uh, but yes, uh, hindsight, we have to do much more. Uh, so the, one of the governing policies is a national cybersecurity policy 2013, which came in. And uh, thereafter, we are just waiting for a cybersecurity policy 2022, which is going to come up. It's, it's going to be uh, you know, published anytime. But at the same time, you know, uh, we are seeing that there was an impetus by um, Cert India, which recently came up. And they came up with the directive of uh, you know, the reporting of the incidents uh, which are there that any incident which happens, it should be reported within six hours of uh, being you know, identified. And then they're being asking for the, all the VPNs to give the details of uh, the five years, uh, whatever is there with them. And in addition, all the other factors they brought in so th this is a very positive step, I will say right now, uh, which has come up. It's also tried to tell that uh, under sector uh, section uh, 70B, uh, all the provisions were to be taken care of. Uh, they've also told the virtual um, uh, currency organizations, like your exchanges, virtual exchanges, uh, they have to you know do the proper KYC of the individuals whom they're getting on board. So it's a work in progress. Right. In addition, we have the cyber law, that's the IT Act 2000. Uh, in addition, we have the IT Act 2008, uh, when we read in conjunction with it. So uh, those are the kind of things which are there. And uh, uh, these are quite, quite you know, effective when it comes to the Indian pretext is concerned. But you have to understand, cyber is an ongoing process. Uh, cyber attackers are kind of changing their way of doing the crimes every day, right? And we are the ones who are trying to catch up with them um, in the retrospectively and in, in whatever possible we are wanting to do. And the, another factor which uh, I would like to highlight that India identified, you know, the six critical information, inf uh, critical infrastructure, you know, which have been identified as uh, the national uh, infrastructure which need to be safeguarded that's the power and water and the airlines uh, uh, so-called. And you know uh, they have to be safeguarded. Uh, and also, uh, we, are, we are talking of CERT India, which has come up. We are trying to talk of CERT finance, uh, which will be coming up in time. There's a CERT powers, there's a CERT thermal, and other CERTs which have already come up. So already work is in progress, right? Then we have a national coordination center uh, cyber Coordination Center, uh, Cyber Information Security Division, which is there, NTRO is there, DIE is there, DCA is there, uh, space agencies come up, NCRB is uh, there. So there are a whole lot of agencies now, which have uh, you know, uh, been formalized, they're working on ground, started delivering results. Uh, I'm interacting with lots of law enforcement agency. I see lots of you know, impetus by them, lots of you know, positive move of trying to investigate the cyber crime cases uh, uh, on, on a fast track, equipping themselves, training themselves. So there are a whole lot of things which are happening. And uh, one point which you have to understand, it's not only India which is struggling uh, on, uh, you know, with the cybersecurity uh, posture, uh, it's all across the world, it's the same state. Even for that matter, if you take America, it's also struggling in this manner what we do it. You know, UK also struggles in the manner which we are. So 
all countries have been you know struggling badly and if you uh, if you go by the number of figures or uh, numbers of ransomware attacks which had happened america was the worst hit by ransomware attack in the past one year and uh, despite doing everything possible so it's uh, a kind of situation where hackers are quite ahead of us while we try to change the security posture while we try to equip we go a step further right so that, that is the kind of thing and uh, the, while we've been talking of the normal cyber security now there's a, another uh, uh, challenge which has come up something like a metaverse we are talking of uh, the security in metaverse and we are also talking of the metacops in the metaverse so it's a it's it's a kind of situation which is really you know uh, changing so dynamically every minute right i think that is the problem here that um the people who are doing it are are moving ahead maybe with a faster speed than the governments because that is um something that has to be done on a bigger scale uh, which obviously takes time so i think that is something that the countries have been suffer suffering with now uh, moving on i want to understand a bit better how how does your work come into play in in educating people or maybe tackling people while you working like your daily routine can you give us an example from there that how 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 does your workflow happens there so so practically i work in some of the very niche areas uh, of the cyber security and uh, one of the areas where i work for is a threat intelligence uh, data protection uh, where there's a challenges of the brand protection uh, bringing the phishing sites down uh, threat attribution catching the criminals the cyber criminals and also trying to find out who are the people who are behind right uh, that's the kind of uh, one of the works which i do then is uh, i i do work on the cryptocurrency forensics like and there are so many cryptocurrency frauds which are happening uh, crimes which are happening so do work on that and also on the darknet forensics point of view and uh, that's where uh, my uh, you know always the focus is to imbibe the information whatever is possible to people train them on these factors because uh, safeguarding the networks is one part of it catching the criminals behind uh, the crime is most important so these all things really help me uh, assist the law enforcement agencies to work on some of the cases right so while these things could be done on a larger scale what are the things that an individual uh, can take care of or maybe freelancers or small organizations can take care of to protect themselves from potential cyber attack attacks or cyber so uh, I'll, i'll put it across in two way of uh, this particular you know challenge of individual and the companies right and uh, I, i will take first the mobile phones because this is where because most of the the individuals do have a mobile phone with them right and uh, the first point which self i'll say is that don't ever use a public wifi network and the reason for telling that don't use a public wifi network is very simple because <clears throat> these all networks can be compromised and an hacker can actually siphon off the complete data whenever you are accessing the public wifi network keep your operating systems uh, up to date don't download any app which you don't think it is not from the google play store or the ios right and most importantly you should only grant permission to the apps you know and the permissions which are required if a app doesn't require a permission to be given for the storage don't give it 
If it doesn't have any function of camera, don't give it. If it doesn't require contacts, don't give it. If it requires a motion of your you know, sensor or the movement, never give it. Your GPS location, don't give it. Be wary of the permissions which you're granting at the time of install. And that's where we have to be very careful because the moment we download an app, we are just click, 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 one, two, three, we are done. Not realizing what have we done because otherwise you'll be able to take all your location, all your contacts, all your SMSs, everything possible. In addition, enable the remote lock and the data wipe for the mobile devices. That's most important today. And most of the mobile phones do have that feature. And avoid answering the unsolicited call or even block them, right? And that's very important, right? And we are try, uh, seeing all the Jamtara attacks do happen there from an unknown number. And that's how uh, people are being trapped. While browsing on the mobile phones, you should also ensure that uh, you only visit the websites which have got a you know a kind of a lock or a SSL. Uh, that's very important because any threat which is there on a normal laptop does happen also on the mobile, right? And always download the data from Google Play Store or FI's uh, Apple iOS or official Play Stores. And last but not the least is that install a mobile security. You know that's the most important today. We do. We seldom install any you know, security on the mobile phone. When it comes to your personal usage of your laptop or any desktop, when you do it, all the cyber attacks practically happen with a you know, click of a link, right? And that is you who's clicking it up. So primarily never click any link if you're not very sure of. And that goes for even SMSs. So you get a you know, small little link, which is there in the SMS and you, you click it up. Yeah, and the moment you click, actually, it goes to a phishing site and where either it may download a, a malware or you're, you'll end up losing your credentials. So that's where uh, you have to be very careful. Uh, again, you should regularly update your software. You should have an encryption. Uh, try and put an antivirus into your uh, you know, uh, laptop and do a backup and follow the policy of three to one. When I say three to one, it is have three backups of your data, one offline, one on your laptop, and third on the cloud. So if you're doing that, even if you're being hit by a ransomware attack, you can safeguard yourself, right? And you should use the internet security you know, browser tools. Uh, that's very important because most of the Facebook or Google or, you know, uh, or any of the social media apps primarily uh, do the signature of yours. So you have to be very careful when you're uh, using you know, all the browsers uh, for that matter and separate your professional and personal computers, right? So that's the most important point of it when it comes to the personal level. Then coming on to the organizational level, you, know, you have to be uh, very careful for uh, defining and you know, working out on the complete policy level of the organization security. So I will put it across in a two state uh, kind of security. One I will say is a strategic level security and another one as a technical level. So if you're a business leader, if you're a you know, company, you should have your own business continuity plan like the way you do it for the other thing. And it's very important for the cybersecurity now. Have your cyber risk management and how many of you do have a, a you know, cyber risk in addition to the normal risk? If you have it, great, otherwise you do it. 
also have the disaster recovery plan. Take a case of COVID-19. You wait. Do you have a disaster recovery plan with you? Do you have an instant response plan of you work on that? Right. Other thing is that, like we all being, you know, of late uh, had been working from home, and most of the companies are still continuing to work from home. Do you have the policy of working from home? Right. Do you have the DLPs or you know uh, other uh, softwares which are there in your mobiles? In your desktop, laptops, which of the employees which you are given it, uh, of the company-owned devices, have a cyber resilience uh, and how fast you can, you know, come out of that. Because ransomware attack can happen anywhere. How fast you recover it? That's the most important point of view. And at the technical level, what you need to do is have a VPN to your company, to your organization, to the endpoint. Have a remote data access policy. Here, one thing I will tell you: while we are going back. To offices, one precarious question, one you know challenging question which is coming up to everybody's mind is, where is the data of the companies? Are we bringing back the data the way it was being shared with the employees? Right. So we are going back to the offices, but without the data. Right. Uh, of course, uh, we have to have the employee usage uh, uh, device uh, usage policies which should be there. Uh, you should have the encrypted emails which are there. Password policy is very important, right? And password hygiene is very important. Cyber hygiene is important. And it goes from the lowest person in the organization to the topmost person in the organization. The other important point is you are discussing most important things on the video conferencing today. Is your video conferencing system secure, right? Who, are, who all have the access to that video conferencing system? Because you may be discussing all your business propositions onto that. So you have to be really, you know, now geared up for all these kind of things, right? Then you should have, a, if you have applications of your office, have a two-factor authentication, multi-factor authentication. Uh, that's uh, the important, the data backup, uh, is important. Have a SEIM or a SOC uh, to be put up and uh, have also uh, the right kind of policy which I have brought in and ensure that you have a proper data privacy policy at the organizational level also, you know, while the people are accessing the data from their home. So these are the kind of things which you should have. In addition, you know, there are and number of uh, things where you can have your DLP, your uh, uh, EDR solution, that's the endpoint detection. You can have the XDR solution, right? Uh, you can have uh, the zero trust uh, solutions which can be protected. So the end number of solutions which you can have in an organization, right? To safeguard your network, safeguard your data and you know, be cyber safe. So we can say that uh, at least on individual level, there are a lot of basic things that an, that an individual can take care of and that we are probably even aware of. It's just that we either overlook them or we don't care about them enough. And that is why we have to bear uh, the brunt. But if we just take care of these little things and be a little more conscious, understanding the situation that is happening around us, a lot of these attacks could be avoided. It's, I think, for example, the phishing attacks, if we don't if we just be a little more careful about who we are sharing our information with or what links are we clicking, what pages are we visiting, 
I, I, well, honestly, I try to do these things a little more than before now because I just said, as you said, sometimes you just download the app and you just go on clicking yes, 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 giving permission for everything. It's just recently um, that I think I have started seeing that, okay, if it, something doesn't require the permission for something, then I might not just give it. Um, and I think as an individual, we might not be able to take care of what is happening on the bigger level, on the organizational level, but that is for some the, something for the organization, for the management to look into, uh, because they would be uh, at the bearing end of it more than the employees, maybe, probably. And as right. individuals, we can take care of things on at least our personal level. Um, just, you know, as they say, that precaution is better than cure. So just a few precautions can help us protect our data, then I think nothing, nothing better than that. All right, so uh, moving ahead, I, I have uh, heard one of your talks about uh, cyber attack, cyber crime in Metaverse also, and I was keen to talk about that, but I knew it won't be able, I won't be able to combine all of these things together in one episode. So, okay, wait, this one. So I just say that people who are listening to us right now, if you guys want us to record another episode, probably on cyber attacks in Metaverse, then just give us a shout out or share with us online on Twitter or on LinkedIn. I'll be linking all the links in the description below. You can also reach out to Colonel via his website or his blog or his social media account. You'll find all the links below in the section. And while I'll move towards winding up today's session, I'll just ask her to maybe give a final piece of advice to the youngsters who are listening to this video right now, who are very curious to go and uh, invest into different sort, sort of things and do everything without, you know, really worrying about cyber attacks and cyber threats. So any last piece of advice for them? So, so it's really wonderful to be there on your uh, podcast show. It's uh, my pleasure. And as a, you know, takeaway from uh, this talk, uh, just remember that whatever you are doing on the internet, it's indelible. It's only that when you delete anything, it's not shown to you. Case, take the case in point is a Snapchat. You see the photograph only once and the photograph is not seen, but that photograph remains forever for you. So that's one which is very important. Remember that whatever you're doing doesn't go away. And the second aspect which you have to remember is you are not a user of any platform today, you're the product. And if you're the product on any platform, you have to safeguard yourself. And the pointers which I told during my talk, I think if you are able to catch on to them, you will be cyber safe. Uh, you will not land up into any of the cyber attacks which are there to you. And uh, that's where you have to move forward. And uh, if you're a product, you're sellable. So you have to really think whether you want to be a commodity on the, any of the platform or you want to be the actual user of the platform. Thank you very much. It's a really wonderful uh, meeting you, interacting and sharing my thoughts with each one of you. Look forward to meeting you all again and talk on different topics in time to come. Thank you very much. Thank you so much, Colonel. Those were some really important advices here. And I would uh, say to all my uh, listeners here today that just pay attention to these little things, guys, and a lot of things can be cured from there. And if you want to listen to another episode about the same topic or about cyber attacks and metaverse, then just share about this podcast, talk about it, and maybe just drop a tweet 
or a message on my Twitter. And that's all for today. See you in the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye. Thank you.